Welcome to Counseling Over Coffee, a podcast of Redeemer Counseling Group. Whether you are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher, we are happy to have you. And if you enjoy this podcast, it helps if you rate and review us, particularly on Apple Podcasts. And of course, any sharing of the podcast on social media is greatly appreciated. For more information about Redeemer Counseling Group, you can visit our website at RedeemerCounselingGroup.com or look us up on Facebook. And with that, here is Cherie with Counseling Over Coffee. So for those who are listening this week, uh, the week the episode dropped, happy Thanksgiving. This is one of my favorite weeks of the year when I get to prepare our home for all my people, my kids and the new kids, as we call our in-law children, and of course, our 18 grandchildren. It's loud and crazy, but we love it. And I hope that you have a wonderful time with whoever you'll be spending the holiday weekend with. For now, I'm looking forward to talking more about listening and specifically how we can lovingly and wisely handle conversations where we're learning hard stuff from the person in front of us. This takes us back to an earlier podcast where I shared with you um, a phrase I learned from Dr. Ed Welch about becoming an expert at the person in front of you. That person may be a friend or a spouse, a coworker, a parent or a child, or in my case, a grandchild. But what happens when our growth and listening leads to people feeling comfortable opening up hard things happening in their lives to us? And how can we not damage what Dr. David Pallison calls the fine china that they are entrusting into our hearts and hands as they open up about risky situations. So that fine china thought made me remember something, a different metaphor that I felt like God gave me a few weeks ago. Uh, I was sitting on my couch talking with my friend Pam, who was here out of town, about things going on in our lives. And she shared some hard and good things happening with her and then asked me how Benny and I were doing. And because Pam and I have regular text and phone contact, she's pretty current on what's happening in our lives. So I didn't need to go into a lot of details, but I shared a picture I felt God had given me, I think the week before. And the picture was of a patchwork quilt You know those old-fashioned ones where ladies would come to someone's house with their little patch that they created, and they were going to now sew all of these patches onto the backing of what would be a colorful, memorable quilt that they would either give to someone or maybe um, sell to raise money for something, that kind of thing. Then picture that some of the women who arrive with their patches bring something that's dark and honestly, it's unattractive. It's unlike all the other colorful sentimental patches. 
their patches look like something that should be tossed aside rather than included in this beautiful quilt, but they're there. And I told my friend Pam that my life feels kind of like that quilt. So many stunning patches of joy and promise and God's kindness and blessing, but then there are these patches that seem ugly and like they don't belong. And when I'm up close to the quilt, it's like all I can see is these ugly patches, these dark ones that aren't pretty and attractive. They stick out and I wish I could take them away because then the quilt would be prettier. But as I back step, step by step by step back away from the quilt, I can see that the more plain and ugly patches actually blend in well. In fact, they add contrast and they add to its beauty. So when people hand us their ugly patches, those hard places in their hearts and lives where pain or shame or anxiety hides, we want to handle those patches carefully. And how can we do that? First, it's okay to feel awkward or like you don't know what to do or say. Even as a counselor, I get into situations where I don't know what to ask or say next. And sometimes the best thing for me to say is, I just don't know what to say other than thank you so much for sharing that with me. Sometimes this gives me time to just slow down my thoughts enough to ask a question that invites them to share more, even if it's just a simple, would you like to share more with me about this? Some of my most meaningful conversations are those that require me to humbly admit that I feel inadequate to know what to say or do that is helpful and just ask if they'd like to keep talking. And then second, remember the things we've talked about so far about listening, not trying to fix the person with good advice, even if it's actually good. Most people aren't looking for advice. They're longing for a friend to just demonstrate that they're not alone. And don't draw the conversation back to yourself, especially when you don't know what to say otherwise. Sometimes silence is the right and best way to respond to someone's fine china in the moment. Even that awkward silence that's only five or 10 seconds. And then I was thinking about this. The third way we handle those dark patches people hand us is probably the most obvious one, and that's to extend compassion. Compassion expressed in verbal or even nonverbal ways, that gentle squeeze of their hand or their shoulder, the warm eye contact that says, I can see this is hard and I really feel for you. Responding well to your friend's words and struggles doesn't have to happen, excuse me, in big ways. Remember, it's in everyday encounters 
those ordinary situations where real ministry happens most. Chats or quick greetings or brief conversations that we might minimize or even forget are far more important than we realize. They pave a path step by step by step forward for people to then think of us when the hard stuff comes. But most important is this. I love this. In small ways, we want to help people take that dark, seemingly ugly patch and add it to the quilt of all the ways God is providing for and blessing them in ways they probably can't see. So some years back, I was going through a really hard time due to what felt like wave after wave of heartache in our lives and ministry. And there were a lot of kind and well-meaning attempts people made to help. And some of their attempts were very helpful and others weren't. And I'm sitting here thinking about this. There's two incidents that stick out to me that were the most helpful. One was at a wedding my husband was doing, and it was during that season, and and some of you know what I mean by this, it was hard to have normal, chatty interactions with people during that time. So I arrived right on time and slipped in near the back to sit down. Now, I would say now that it felt like I was holding a tattered, ugly patch in my hands that day. And moments later, a sweet friend slid into the seat next to me. She didn't say a word. She just grabbed my hand and held it gently for most of the wedding. And since I'm a crier, anyone who noticed my tears probably thought I was entering into the couple's joy that was getting married. But honestly, I don't remember anything about that wedding, except for God using Bonnie to give me exactly what I needed. Someone to tell me with no words, Cherie, you're not alone. The other incident was a friend at church asking if she could talk with me at, uh, I don't remember what the meeting was at the church that day, but She pulled me aside and she didn't just say, so how are you doing? Which is really the hardest question you can ask someone who's going through a hard time because it leaves to the person how to figure out how in the world to answer that question in less than three hours. And so my friend Martha chose a specific thoughtful question. And it was this, Cherie, I was thinking about you this week. And I wondered, is there anything specific I can pray for you about? Again, God knew exactly what I needed. Someone not to force or or coerce me to open up, but someone who said, is there something 
you would like to share. I had the option to say, no, thank you, but I really appreciate you asking. But hearing that she had been thinking about and praying for me invited me to share my ugly patch with her. And after what was maybe a 10-minute interaction, Martha now had a specific way that she could pray for, for, pray for me and then follow up with me on how I was doing with that request. In both cases, with words and without words, I felt noticed and seen and loved. And here, over 20 years later, I remember and I learned from both these women that sometimes listening means saying little or nothing. Well, this podcast has taken a different turn than I anticipated, yet I hope it's a turn that puts what I'm talking about concerning listening on a broader and fuller display than simply learning to ask good questions. Jesus modeled for us that one of the best ways of caring for people is simply noticing and listening to them. Think of the time his mother appealed to him at the wedding to fix the wine situation. He told her, it's not my time. But she appealed to him and he responded to her. Think of Zacchaeus in the tree and what it must have been like for him, for Jesus Jesus to notice him and then to want to spend time with him. Jesus listening to the whole story of the woman with the issue of blood and the children who climbed to his into his lap and the disciples wanted to shoo them away. And, and Jesus said, no, let them come to me. Jesus didn't listen because he needed information. He's God. And scripture gives us numerous evidences of times when Jesus knew people's thoughts before they even shared them. All that Jesus did was motivated by love And our listening should be motivated by love that says, I just want you to feel loved, whether I say anything or not. And then there will be those moments, those glorious moments, when we get to remind people that the wrinkled, ugly patch is actually a part of a bigger work God is doing in their life, a beautiful work that includes this dark time they're walking through right now. Words that bring hope and perspective and echoes of joy. And that's what we'll talk about next time on Counseling Over Coffee.